Welcome to the New Money Habits Podcast, where we talk about how to create a better plan for your money so you don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. Here are your hosts, Sarah Jones and Nino Villa. Welcome back, budgeteers. Coach Nino Villa here alongside me, my partner on the airways. As always, it's Sarah Jones. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Hey, hello, hello. I'm doing very well. Good, good, good. Where are you and what are you up to? We are back here in Arizona. We will be here for actually quite a long time. Longer than what we would normally like to be. But um, our daughter is graduating from ASU in May. And so we figured we might just be here through then to see her um, final, you know, final steps in college to help um, if she wants to have a party, we can plan that and be close and to to see her graduate. So we are going to be here for far longer than what we'd actually like to be, but um, all's good because we love it. Fair enough. Awesome. Awesome. Well, congratulations to your daughter. Like, wow. You know, hitting that milestone already, Um, you know, walking across the stage and getting that diploma. what any big plans? Uh, is she like planning already for? Is she just going to go on to a graduate degree? Is she going to go out into the field? What is she planning? So she's going to um, go for her master's and then her doctorate. Um, she wants to be a neurologist. Um, she does not have to get her oh, okay. master's before she does her doctorate, but she feels like um, that will help her be a little bit more competitive. Um, to get her into medical school. And so she's going to go for her master's um, first. She doesn't know exactly where that's going to happen or what, you know, she's going to stay here or mm. um, she's going to move, go to a different state, go back to Colorado. She's not sure yet, but um, um, yeah, on to the master's. Wow. Incredible. You got to be a proud mama. I am. It's, uh, <clears throat> I mean, I'll just shout her out. She works two jobs and, you know, lives on her own and goes to school and cost of living is, you know, that's not easy to do for anyone. Um, and she is just making it happen. And I'm just proud of her drive, you know, whether she went to college or not, or graduating or not is not necessarily why I'm proud of her, but I'm really proud of her for her drive and for her, um, you know, her commitment to doing what she says she wants to do, you know, and, and really wants to make a difference in the medical field. And for that, that's, that's why I'm proud of her. Very cool. Well, switching gears a little bit today is one of those, I don't know what's going to happen kind of days. Sarah's got a little (laughs) topic of discussion for us to, um, unfold but uh i i'm not pervy to what that is and we will jump into that in just a moment but before we do don't miss out on the valuable financial insights we share subscribe to the new money habits podcast today and unlock a wealth of knowledge to empower your financial journey stay up to date with the latest episodes as sarah and i discuss practical tips host expert guests and have thought-provoking discussions on all things money related hit that subscribe button now and join our community of savvy listeners. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
So, Sarah, what do you have on the docket today? Well, you know, I thought, Nino, that I would just pose a question and we could really um, talk through it. I think it's kind of an interesting one. Um, One that I find myself having kind of more and more with people and more and more with my clients. And it goes a little bit more in depth for today. I'd really love to know, and I'd really like to talk about what do you like to do better? Spend money or create slash earn money? Ooh. Spend or earn? That's got to be... For me, I think it's relatively easy. Like, earning money... um, is just something that I don't know if that's the like the husband father in me that wants to make sure that he's taking good care of his family, but uh, spending I'm not I'm not a huge spender. Um, I I like to spend on um, on what is the word I'm looking for? I like to spend on experiences not necessarily on materialistic things. So I will be quick to spend on an experience. If, if I can give the family an experience, my wife an experience, one of the kids, like I would do that in a heartbeat. Um, But I think, I don't know. I guess if we categorized it, I like to spend in that category more than I like earning money (laughs) outside of that. Earning money is a little bit. Uh, I wouldn't say pleasurable. I don't know. Hmm. You really, you really no. stumped me. <laughs> I think I stump a lot of people when I when I ask this question. Um, this question really came about. <clears throat> I don't know, maybe a year ago. I took a a, a program and. There were several other pieces to it, but one thing that we talked about in this program is kind of on a scale of one to 10, how do you feel you are like a master? You enjoy it. You're really good at it. Um, You know, one is like non-existent. 10 is like, yeah, I'm a master. I could teach other people. I feel really good about it. I like doing it, you know, all the things. And it really kind of got me thinking, you know, do I like spending money? Do I like earning money? And the answer is, is there's not really a one size fits all answer. It's not necessarily a yes or no, similarly, you know, to, to you. Cause I think it depends on what season of life we're in and what we're doing. I I've had jobs where I earned money and I was very grateful and very thankful for that money, but I definitely did not like it. You know, it wasn't an enjoyable part of my life. And at, at the same time, I've spent money that didn't feel good, that I didn't like it, that you know, coming from scarcity mindset, I was terrified Mm -hmm. to spend money. Right. Um, but now I'd say I like both of them probably equally. I love to create money. I like to challenge myself on how I can, um, you know, earn more money, how I can create more money. And I don't mean like, you know, we're not talking about, you know, printing bills in the camper here, folks. We're talking about, you know, just <laughs> earning. I, I want to be real. <laughs> just... New business. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, 
but like, it can be fun. You know, I think that I think in the United States, I think we've come from a place and maybe in the past couple of years, this is changing, but earning and making money has felt like it's something that we had to do. And it hasn't been viewed as something that we should like to do. Right. And, and I think I'm in this place yeah. of, can we like to make money? Can we like to create it? You know, like, and how do we make that happen? Yeah. Now that I've gotten a, a moment to think about it, the, I think the real answer is I despise money. I hate money. Money, like, ooh, I, I really don't like it. Now, do I enjoy things that earn me money? Yes, I do. Like, I enjoy coaching people. I enjoy doing the type of work that I do. So I enjoy earning money, or I enjoy the thing that I do that earns me money. The money itself, I despise. I hate. I enjoy making experiences and making memories and doing all of that stuff. And when we can do that for free, it's awesome. When it costs money, I like I understand things cost money and so we do that. Um but at the at the core of it, I despise money. And it's one of the reasons why I coach other people on money because um I'm going to go a little biblical on you for just a second, but the Bible is very clear that you cannot two, you cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve both God and money. You will love one and you will hate the other. And so, uh, for me, I I much rather be spreading spreading kingdom stuff. And so, uh, by helping people co- uh, manage their money well, I can help them also stop focusing on it and stop allowing it to control their day-to-day and like what job they just they choose to take because well i gotta make more money or what home they buy because well i can only afford by helping them to eliminate the control that money has over them that i get a super high off of no i love that i love that you broke it down um i would say honestly i love money I love money and I couldn't always say that. Um, I love it and I don't feel that it controls my life. Um, there was a period of time that it did. And um, I think I've healed a lot of those wounds. I think I've moved, you know, I've healed and, and, and grown in a lot of areas because I've learned more about myself and I've learned how money can truly help me and it help, how it can help me help others even more. Um, you know, Mm-hmm. by and i love i love money i love it now because it it uh, it provides more opportunities for us to do more things you know giving creating helping more experiences more living um yeah and that's why when i say spending i like spending it too because i believe that what i spend now it comes back to me right and so um mm-hmm. i just think it's such an awesome conversation to have with people, right? And to really start digging down into, and I love that you went deep there for everybody, for me, for our listeners, because I, I think ultimately that's what we want people to do, right? We want them to dig deep. We want them to, to see where these beliefs come from and none are right or wrong, Mm -hmm. right? It's just, it's how we use them to the benefit of our life and what we, um, you know, what's been holding us back versus what can propel us forward. And, and, um, so there's no right or wrong answer, which is, 
equally as amazing. Right. I will add. So at the end of the day, money is just a tool, right? Like money is uh, the term would be amoral, right? Just like a brick is amoral. So you can take a brick and you can build somebody a house and that's a really good use of that brick. And you take that brick and you could smash somebody's car window and steal from them. And that was a really bad use of that brick. Right. And so money is the same way. It's just a tool. It's amoral. Um, so I, maybe I was a little overstated in like that. I hate money, but I think I, I think I hate what money represents, which is like things only have value when we assign them value. Right. Like gold only has value because we have decided that that metal has value. Um, and that's just one example. I mean, you could apply it to anything. And so the idea that, um, that we have built an economy, especially here in the United States, where we've built this economy on like, well, I, I say that this phone is worth 1500 bucks. And I got enough people to agree with me. So apparently the phone is worth $1,500. No, it's not. There's not a phone on this planet that actually should cost you $1,500. But we've all agreed that we'll mm -hmm. pay it. Or not all of us, by the way. But the no. ones of us who disagreed to pay for, like, we, we feel the effects of everybody else who has agreed to pay that a price. So, yeah, money just drives me nuts. It really does. If you can't tell in the way that I'm responding to this, like, like, ugh. oh, see, this is what makes great conversation, though, because we do have emotion when it comes to money, right? In in so many different ways, and um, again, none of it's right or wrong. It's just it's how we feel, and and I think I definitely agree. Money is a tool, um, and to feel good about using it. I think we need to learn how to use it in ways that, um, that align with what we value in life. That's what I talk about, you know, here all the time is what, what brings value to your life and how can you then use money to enhance that, right? It doesn't, doesn't make it, but it can definitely enhance it. Um, uh, and I mean, we could go, I mean, in probably a, a million different directions with this too, but I think it's just, I want people to be thinking about, you know, like, do I, do I like spending money? You know, why or why not? Do I like making money? Why or why not? Because I think if you don't, like, if you truly don't, then there's an opportunity for some change. There's an opportunity to use or view money in a different way that can enhance your life. Right. And I don't think that it needs to be, what I don't want is for people to be in this job for years and years just because they're there because of the money air quotes right that there is more to life yeah. than that right and so you can enjoy creating yeah. it and not have to feel like you're you know at a at a job that you hate right you can enjoy there are opportunities to enjoy creating money there are opportunities for spending money that that you like and that you really enjoy um, and it doesn't have to feel so cumbersome all the time. It doesn't have to feel so 
full of fear, you know, which is I lived in fear of spending money for many years. Um, feels very freeing now. Does that mean that I like going to the gas pump and paying the prices of diesel that are currently here in Arizona? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But I do enjoy spending it because I know that by spending it, it allows me more experiences. It allows me to to move, right? It allows us to go from point A to point B. But um, I think it's just good conversation for people to think about. Why do you like spending money? Do you like spending money? Do you like creating it? Why or why not? Yeah. As you were sharing those stories, I was thinking about a dear friend of mine who feels trapped at a job right now because, and I, and I go back to part of it's cultural, right? So in the culture of the United States, we've gotten to a point where a two income household is almost required. It's not, you can find situations where people are making it happen without it, but in, in so many pockets of, uh, the United States now, especially with the housing market the way it is, it's almost there's a demand for a two income household. And so <clears throat> I have this friend who feels trapped, like um, unable to break free from the job because of the contribution to the household, right? Like their contribution to the household is important. And it it just leaves very little in the way of choices, right? And so I could go back to some biblical references about bondage and, and how, like, we, we've all heard the old adage that um, uh, the um, borrower is slave to the lender, right? So when we get ourselves into debt that we've, we've balled and chained ourselves, right? And, and so now we're dragging this ball with us. And so there are different financial situations that cause us to be trapped, to be enslaved. And I like freedom. I like being free. I like to see other people free, free to choose what they want, when they want, um, so that they're in a job that they love, even if they're earning, whether they're earning really, really well, or just enough to get by. If you love what you do, then it doesn't feel work. We've heard that old adage as well. So I look at how in our culture, we have kind of entrapped ourselves in certain ways. And I just like to help clients and friends like find ways to break free from all of that crap and, and do, do things a little bit more simplistically. I agree. And I think that, I don't know if you hear this a lot, but I, I feel like I hear it from people and after a couple of years, friends, family, even just social media, you know, just kind of out and about. But I think people feel like things are too complicated now. Right. And they, 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 people really want to create a more of a simplistic life. And, um, you know, as you just mentioned and um, minimalistic, you know, and being a minimalist, you know, those, mm. those are really coming into, I think more of our vocabulary nowadays. I feel like people are talking about it a lot more. Um, I think that that's why a lot of people 
are traveling full-time RVing more now because it is much more of a minimalistic lifestyle in general, not always, but generally speaking. And I think you really kind of hit it on the head that um, I think people are looking for something that's a little bit more simple, right? And it doesn't feel so complicated. And and within that then feels like there comes this freedom, this place to rest and breathe and just be where we don't have that in. I want to be real careful, not we. I think a lot of people don't have that in their lives right now. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I feel like it's a bit of an entrapment, right? Like we've been entrapped by um, just the way that our economy flows. Um, You know, everything's about supply and demand. And if there's a high demand for something, even if it's in high supply, prices are going to go up on that. And and they're going to continue to go up until the consumer decides, you know what? I don't participate in that anymore. And so like my example of, of mobile devices earlier, right? Like while I've decided I don't buy phones that are more than like a couple of hundred bucks, I'm in a pool of people who have agreed to pay a thousand, twelve hundred, fifteen hundred dollars for phones. And so it's like, like, unless we all just said, no, no, I do not pay $1,500 for a phone. I don't pay $1,000 for a phone. I don't pay $800 for a phone. I don't pay $500 a phone. Until we get an entire group of people who just say no, then we're, we're kind of still entrapped in this. And, and we've seen it with like streaming services, right? So like, I haven't kept up on it, so I won't go too far down this rabbit hole. But even like the idea that like password sharing, some services want to crack down on password sharing. And mm-hmm. so then they lost a ton of users, yeah. right? That's a good thing. That's the consumer controlling the market and saying, no, 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 no. And if if the consumer would control like the housing market and say, you know what? I don't pay $400,000 for a house that's not worth $400,000. Like if we would just say no as consumers, we would drive this whole thing. We get out of the entrapment. I count my blessings. I'm very, very fortunate, fortunate and I'm very, very grateful that from a very uh, early stage in mine and my wife's courtship and then in our marriage, we decided that we were going to buy a home that we could afford on one income that allowed her to stay home and raise the children. And, and, and if I were to ever lose a job and we both needed to go back to work, that like part-time work both of us could easily pay the mortgage. And so we don't have all this additional stress about our our housing situation because so grateful and thankful that early on we even though we didn't know we what we were doing, we we happened to come into a really good situation. And I just wish more people could have that experience. But unfortunately, like even in my neck of the woods, the example I use all the time is I live right across the street from a Walmart distribution center that has hiring signs out that says that they pay seventeen fifty an hour. Well, what's seventeen fifty an hour at forty hours a week, fifty two weeks a year? It's about thirty five, thirty seven thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. You take a couple, let's say they both work there, and together they're making what seventy. 
$72,000 a year? Well, at $72,000 a year, you really can only afford, and you shouldn't even do three times your annual income, but you can afford maybe three times your annual income for a house. Well, that's $210,000. But the average entry-level home in this area is well into the 300s. So people who work in this neighborhood cannot afford to live in this neighborhood. And it's because of this. So I've gone off on a way big tangent, but now I think there's more context for why I feel the way I feel Mm -hmm. about money because it just frustrates me. Yeah. I think that I think by being on the move the past couple years, my views have changed dramatically from what they used to. And I, I agree with so much of what you said. And there are some points that I don't necessarily agree with, which is fine. We, you know, like we don't always have to agree or or disagree, but I think that part of it is relative to, you know, where I won't spend $1,500 on a phone. It's not necessarily because of the price of it. It's because that I don't value that. I don't care Mm -hmm. that I have the latest technology, like, because that's not of interest to me where I will spend more money is on fuel, right? Like I will spend more money Mm -hmm. on fuel because it literally gets us from point A to point B. I will spend a little Mm -hmm. bit more money in food, right? And high quality food, because that's an area that directly impacts my life. And I, that's where I value. Right. And so I think that part of it is, I agree where if we could get more people to, to feel comfortable with saying no, that's really where it's at in, in any areas, feel comfortable with saying, no, that's not what I value. No, I'm not going to do that Mm -hmm. because I don't value spending my dollars there. I think we can have such great power. There's such great power there. And I don't think that we're there yet in so many areas, but I think it's really about people identifying because it really, you know, it truthfully for me, it has nothing to do with the phone. Look, I I dropped it. I've got a crack. I broke the first time. And I don't know, I've ever owned a Mm -hmm. phone. I broke it. And so a little side note, my first thought was, dang, I'm going to have to buy a new phone. And I really don't want to. I'm like, Sarah, they do replace the screens. Like, so you can see, you know, what the cost of a new screen is, right? There's a good lesson for everybody. You know, what's your first thought is, oh, I have to replace it. No, you could probably get a new screen on it that's going to cost you less. But my my point in that is, is that the phone isn't, I value the phone. I talk to my kids several times a week. I send text messages. I talk to clients like this is an, frankly, it isn't essential in my life. It just doesn't hold the same high priority as other things do. And so I'm much more willing to spend a far less on it than I am on other things. Mm-hmm. Internet, I'm going to spend a yeah. little bit more money on internet because it affords me and it allows me to reach more people and to do more things. And so um, I think really for me, that's where it's at is really just helping people to identify, not just do it because you think you have to, but really identifying what truly is important for you and learning how to say, nope, I'm not doing that any longer. Nope, I'm not subscribing yeah. to that train of thought any longer. I can make a different decision and I'm going to go this way. Yeah. Yeah. For me, like I, 
the fo- the phone's such a an interesting case uh, study because you take like specifically the iPhone for an example. When it first came out on the market, it was three hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Now they sell, you know, like on average twelve hundred. I know that the technology has gotten a little bit better, whatever. But is it really four times greater than it was when it first came out? And I, I would challenge to say no. What has happened? What really changed between two thousand and eight, when the first iPhone came out, in twenty twenty or twenty twenty three, is that uh, phone carriers decided, hey, we'll we'll let you finance the phone. 30 40 50 bucks a month and as consumers we said yes to that but we we forget that 50 dollars a month over the course of a two or three year contract is a ridiculous amount of money <laughs> and so um i just I, yeah I, this is why, why i love working with the people i work with though is because those individuals um, and, and, and like the ones listening to our podcast, they're savvy. And when they hear it and when they realize it and when it, they like it dawns on them, like, oh, wow, like this is the manipulation that has kind of happened in the marketplace. Then they can say, yeah, no, I'm not going to participate in, in that nonsense anymore. Um, I just wish more people <laughs> would be like, that's nonsense. Let's not participate right. in that. Right, right. And- no, I agree. I agree to that. and. I think that, you know, we could go on and on about so many different areas um, that I, I don't know actually would even be beneficial, but I want to hit home that point that, as you said, just learning to be savvy, right? Learning new information, saying, oh, that's mm-hmm. why, okay, now I can make a different decision. Like, just because you've done it in the past doesn't mean you have to continue you can change your mind. You can unsubscribe to that current change, you know, um, current thought process, subscribe to something new. Right. And, and saying, listen, I don't have to do that anymore. I can do something different. That means more to me. It allows my dollar to go farther in the areas that I really want it to. And, um, it really isn't, you know, it's really about creating a movement, you know, once, Um, I believe once you get around people that are saying no to those types of things, to anything really that doesn't serve them anymore, that you, it starts to breed, right? And it really starts to overflow into other areas and with other people. And by each of us making those new decisions, we get to then positively impact somebody else. And I think that that's one of the greatest gifts. That's what I love about coaching so much is creating that positive impact and giving people the language to use to start making new decisions, right? And new choices. And then their children get to learn that and their friends, right? And it just, it's a, it's this overflow of change. Yeah. Yeah. I think I want to end on a really like high note, a really positive note and, and kind of piggyback off of something you just said. And that is at the end of the day, it is, it's about our clients, our listeners, I love to help people become 
more financially literate and more financially savvy and help them to really understand like, what are my options? What's really going on here behind the scenes? And I'll, I'll end it with this, uh, this story. So I had a friend reach out to me the other day who has adult children. And, um, one of the uh, adult children is, uh, is considering, um, marketplace healthcare. And so just asking questions about like, what coverage are you looking for? Why are you looking for that coverage? Like, what do you need? And and so you peel back the onion, you find out that like, there's a couple of mild procedures this, this person's interested in, but then being able to educate them that what you're talking about is truly mild. Like maybe it'll cost you a couple of hundred bucks, but in the grand scheme of healthcare, a couple hundred bucks is not a lot of money. I said, so you could go get marketplace healthcare, pay the monthly premium, have a ridiculous $2,500, $5,000, $10,000 deductible, be on the hook for that $200 anyway. So you'd have been paying $180 for the market healthcare. You'd pay the $200 for the, the procedure anyway. Why not just go get the procedure done? And that's not really the, the moral of the story. The moral of the story is a young adult who doesn't know how it all works when given the information and, and their literacy increases and their savvy increases now can make an informed decision about what is going to be best for them. And if, if, if at the end of the day, what would have been best was to get the market healthcare, then great. But in this particular case, that wasn't. Now this person knows why and knows what their dollars would be doing and would not be doing. So, And isn't that what we do with all of our clients, Nino, really is just helping them to be, to look at their money differently and to see it differently and, and to become better, not better, more savvy consumers, to be more financially educated consumers, you know, and so they can learn to use their dollars that's going to work better for them in the long run. And what greater gift, I think. Exactly. Exactly. Well, what an incredibly spirited conversation. I enjoyed it. Um, I'm sorry that I got up on my soapbox every once in a while, but at the same time, sorry, I'm not sorry. Uh, <laughs> but for our listeners, if you guys are ready to take your financial growth to the next level, it's time to schedule that free discovery call with Sarah or myself today. During your personalized session, we will discuss your specific financial goals, gain clarity on your challenges, and explore how working with a financial coach can accelerate your progress. Don't miss out on this valuable opportunity. Book your free discovery call now and create the new money habits needed to achieve financial freedom. Thank you, Sarah, for today's topic. Uh, thank you for a great conversation, and we will continue it as we always do next time. Thank you for listening to the New Money Habits podcast brought to you by New Money Habits and Keeping Up with the Joneses Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our host by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes. Join our growing group of like-minded people on Facebook and follow us on your favorite platform. Music provided by Summer School.